0: Hello, everyone. It's a beautiful snowy morning for me when I'm recording this. Maybe summer for you when you're listening. I don't know. But this is JC on the You Made New podcast. And I am finding a pattern with my episodes. I've said this before. It's just funny. I didn't know where this podcast would really go. I didn't have an outlined agenda for what each episode was going to be. I just really wanted it to be spirit led. And I'm finding that The things that are happening in my own real time life are the things I'm wanting to talk about. And the one that happened this week was actually not a one time shot. It's something that has come at me again and again and again. And it's even been in my own life, a question that I've had. So let's do it. Let's dive in. Maybe it won't apply to you, but man, if this is something you struggle with, it's crucial that we like really look at this on a deeper level and see if we can get past This one simple question. So the idea is it it came from a coaching session this last week. It was a really good friend and she just was venting and saying, you know, when it comes to food and my appetite and getting all that under control, I've tried so many times. I've failed so many times. I'm just tired of the whole thing. And then she looked at me and said, you know, does the Lord really care that much? Like it's just food, right? Doesn't he care more about our faith and our spiritual life and our patience and our holiness and our righteousness? This is just what I'm putting in my mouth. Can I even ask him for help? Should I just not even be worrying so much about this? Because she said, I'm spending so much time and I almost feel like maybe that's the problem. I'm just giving, I need to put my mind on something else. While I understand the sentiment, I do I'm going to spend this episode talking about why the Lord does care so much. Again, a question that I've heard before and a question that I've had myself. Like, is it really that big of a deal? Um, the one thing that came to mind first was we've talked a lot about the lies that our enemy has been whispering into our minds. So number one thought, of course, first of all, when we tackle this has to be, what if that's just his lie? to keep you from being healed in this area of your lives. Don't bother the Lord with that. This isn't even, this is trivial. This isn't even something spiritual. Don't waste his time. Do you see how many avenues or, or different kinds of um, slants this message could take? Um, And the reason I think the Lord cares is is a big one. We're going to go into a couple of passages That will help us maybe cast out this lie if it has been living quietly in the back of your mind and see why, you know what, maybe for a time it's okay for you to give your all out effort to looking at this area of your life, to spending a lot of time dealing with with it and praying over it and studying and, and letting the Lord heal this. For me, it was kind of a consuming thing for a while where we just waded deep into this And I was kind of thinking about it all the time, but it let me unravel this mess. And and like I said, be healed from this. The first one comes from Galatians. No, excuse me. That's the second one. It comes from Romans chapter six. And again, I'm getting far enough into this podcast. I really did not take good enough notes on what scriptures I've used and what I haven't. So if I've used some of these before, forgive me, but um, repetition is always good. I keep saying that. Galatians, again, Romans chapter six, Paul says something very interesting in verse 12. He says this, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. Now, again, first reaction is, okay, it's food, JC, it's food. It's not sin, but we've got to We've got to spin it a bit. What if we look at this as an appetite of our flesh? an appetite that has begun to reign over us so that we obey it. I know we've talked about hints of this in other episodes, but here's the problem I keep seeing. And I was, I was again, talking to a different friend about this just yesterday afternoon. We were talking about how other appetites of the flesh, pornography, our sexual addictions, alcohol addictions, drug addictions, spending addictions, all these other things that we could really struggle with, Instantly, we know there's a problem there. We're not, we're not going to take that lightly. A pornography addiction is a serious issue and, and we're going to know that we need to face it head on. But then we look at, at an appetite of the flesh and some of us who are really clean and righteous and obedient in those other areas of our lives, we can look down our nose at those people, right? Quote unquote, those people who struggle with those addictions, and and pat ourselves on the back for how righteous we are, while at the same time, we cannot stop ourselves from binging. We, we, I mean, I'm talking from personal experience here. I am really not being judgmental. I'm saying I did this. I did look down on my nose. I was the church girl. I was the good one. And yet I hadn't equated my issue with a physical appetite that was out of control, just like those other people's you know, problems that I was looking down on. I was just the same. I had the same issue. It just looked different. And because food is more socially acceptable, I didn't have to give it the seriousness that maybe a porn addict or a drug addict or an alcohol addict would have to do. But it was the same. I know that may make you squirm, but look again what Paul is saying in Romans 6. He says, let not this sin, this fleshly appetite reign In your mortal body that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. Now, again, we go, well, lust, that's talking about something sexual. Food has nothing to do with a lust. But wait just a minute. Because if you look up the word lust, it's just defined as any overpowering, craving, longing, craving, desire that overpowers you. Don't tell me that that can't apply to food. We can lust for food the same way we lust for porn. Or anything else or that new car or that new TV, or we can lust and crave and long for all kinds of things that please the flesh. And so to say, oh, does the Lord really care about this all that much? Yes. If there's a physical appetite that is reigning over us so much that we're obeying those lusts, those cravings come up, we obey them and we run to the fridge. Even on the mornings when we've promised ourselves that we're not going to do that anymore. That urge comes up and we obey it. We get in the car and we go get a blizzard in, even in our brains, the whole time saying, why am I doing this? I promised myself I wasn't going to do this because it rains over us. Um, he continues in 14 for sin. shall will not have dominion over you because you're under grace now. You have access to the Lord's grace so that it should break the power of these lusts over us. And so if we're still held captive in this area, yes, it's not, like I said, it's more socially acceptable, but that doesn't make any difference to the Lord. Um, in Romans, he continues, oh man, these ones hit home. And again, I have this sinking feeling that I've used these, but I don't really care. <laughs> Verse 16, Know you not. That to whom ye you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are whom ye obey. I mean, if you're yielding yourself to this appetite of the flesh, again, I'm speaking personally because I did for 20 years, I yielded to obey these lusts of my flesh. I became a servant to this fleshly appetite. And then he says in 17, But God be thanked. That you were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, which was delivered to you. The doctrine that Christ can save us from this through his grace and break these chains. And then 18 being made then free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Your life, your thoughts, your time, your money was no longer be give, being given to those lusts of the flesh. Your appetite, your food, binging no longer holds control over you. Once Christ is healed and addressed this area, we are made free in a way that then we're going to be so uh, liberated by the experience. We're going to say, okay, where else am I captive? I began to do that. As soon as he began to set me free in this area, I had been captive for so long. It was so mind blowing to me that I went, oh, I bet this is not the only area that I need your help. And it's dumb that I'd made it into my thirties without really seeing that, but I did. And, and I began to ask and, and man, he began to set me free in areas of just all kinds of different things. I'm okay. I'm trying to hold myself back from going into all that baggage, but becoming a servant of righteousness rather than a servant of sin, a servant of our lusts. Another example of why I think he, this matters so much to him. You look in Galatians chapter five, and we've been here before. I know But the whole reason that our sweet savior died for us, gave his life for us, again, we know it's to set us free. And so in Galatians 5 verse 1, it says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We know how bad food can be an issue of bondage. I cannot tell you how many people have sat in the office with me to coach. And just said, well, you know, I've crashed, I've failed, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. You, can it even be done is the idea that I get most of the time. Like we all know we struggle with this and it's pretty much impossible, but you know, I'm giving it a try again because so many of us fail, right? This bondage, you you talk to very many friends. How many do you know that are free from the bondage of, of food, of Um, getting sucked into comfort eating when they're depressed or getting sucked into binging during the holidays, even though they promised themselves they wouldn't. I mean, so many of us just seem to have no ability, no self-control to even stop ourselves. But we just think, well, okay, you know, like I've said before, it's not heroin. It's just food. Look at all the good things I do. Look at all the time I spend in the scriptures. It's just food, right? but we're entangled in bondage. And the whole reason he gave his life for us is so that we could stand fast in that Liberty, that freedom. And so it says in that same chapter in Galatians five, that the goal in verse 16 is to walk in the spirit. And then ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. There's that lust again. He's given us this indwelling spirit that can fill us. Now, Okay. This is a painful question. It was for me. You may not like this again. You may have been going to church for decades. You may have been the one that taught all the lessons and was a leader and the one telling everybody else about the gospel of Jesus Christ. But maybe if the lusts of your flesh in this area are still controlling you, could it be that you've not fully learned to walk in the spirit? I asked that with all the love in my heart, because this was my story. It was eye opening, mind blowing to me to go, Oh my gosh, I, I, I'm still, I'm still walking by the lusts of my flesh. I thought I knew what the spirit was. I have been filled with it before. I felt the overpowering filling of the spirit and I've seen it work miracles in other areas of my life. But in this one, no, I was not walking in the spirit was not and this ties back into our episode on self-control that comes from this same chapter where paul later in the later verse talks about the fruit of the spirit when you are walking in the spirit when you are filled with the spirit the fruit he said in verse 22 is going to be love and joy and peace and long suffering and he gives this whole list and the end of the list is what you know this if you've listened to that episode the last one is temperance which in greek means self-control if you are walking in the spirit, the self-control will be there to deny the less of your flesh. So for me, this was some, this is why I had to spend so much time asking myself the hard questions. Can you see why? Yes. The Lord cares about this. Cause I think he would sit before us and say, um, you have been given full access to freedom through my atonement and you're denying it in this area of your life. You are not accessing the self-control and the ability to walk in the spirit that you need to overcome the less in your flesh. In this area, you are still captive. I, I know this is repetitive. I, I really don't care. <laughs> it, it's, it goes so deep. Like I said, this friend of mine sat for a couple hours yesterday. And, and we're really hashing this out about the hypocrisy sometimes that can exist in the religious world. And I'm not naming any denominations or anything. I'm just saying how many of us think we're just so we've made it to some spiritual pedestal, but that's because our sins are are socially acceptable, and so we don't see them as sin. We don't see this as baggage in our lives. We're we're doing all the checklist stuff. And so we're patting ourselves on the back and we're going out to teach everyone else how to live like us because they're doing all these horrible things, of course. And again, I'm being quote unquote, horrible things. Is there, is there a grade scale to sin? Is my lust for food less of a problem than someone else's less lust for sex or lust for money or lust for power or lust for Importance. I mean, it could go on and on. Is there a grade? And so the Lord pats our head and says, Well, yeah, it was only chocolate. Good thing you didn't get into that other stuff. <laughs> no, there, there's no grade. Like, I, can I see myself as deep into my own pit as a pornography addict is in theirs? I mean, with all the love in my heart, I say maybe some at the sound of my voice are in both pits. Sometimes I've had multiple pits. And and again, I say some of this out of personal experience. I have other pits. Food wasn't the only one that he had to drag me out of. There were other lusts, several. And when I would get control of food for a while, I'd just go to the other one. I'd just go binge on something else. Because I wasn't walking in the spirit. Because I hadn't learned to truly feast on the bread of life. See, this is, this is part of my satisfied class, but I'm going there for just a minute. Christ says in John six, I'm the bread of life. You, you eat this bread and your soul shall never hunger and never thirst. He does not say every time you're hungry, deep in your soul, every time you feel that soul rumbling, I'll fill you. I mean, yes, he does that, but that's not what he promises in John six. He says, you partake of this bread. You'll never hunger and you'll never thirst. And what hit me one day was that the thing driving me into the kitchen wasn't necessarily a physical hunger. So many days, my stomach was not growling. It was a soul hunger. It was an itch that I just couldn't seem to scratch. And I thought chocolate would do it. And when I tried to be a good girl and avoid the chocolate, I ran to another type of counterfeit bread. I mean, we could, we could name a list a mile long, right? Our generation has every type of thing you could, you could imagine to binge on, to distract ourselves from the hunger rumbling deep in our soul. And so again, I had to ask myself all these years, and I still haven't tasted the bread of life because I am hungry. Those lusts of my flesh are screaming at me and I'm giving way to them all the time. What do I not understand about the bread of life? Oh, this is a, this is a subject so dear to my heart. Please go take my satisfied cloth if you haven't. I cut the price. It, it just changed everything for me to understand how do I partake then? How I, how do I get my soul so full and so satisfied that I don't need to binge on these other things that the lust of my flesh, just I'm so immersed in his spirit and so filled with him and all he has to offer that that lust for chocolate just feels like nothing. Now, like, what was I thinking? It was so, um, unappetizing in comparison to what the bread of of life tastes like. But I had just been a church girl. I hadn't really tasted it. I hadn't really learned to walk in the spirit yet. And again, our minds go to, and I know I've said this before, but our minds go to, well, that just is going to mean I'm going to have to read my scriptures five hours a day. And, and just, we, we think it's, this whole like church culture that we're just going to have to no, That's not what it looks like. That's not what I teach in my satisfied class. That's not what the bread of life is about. It's about abiding in Christ and coming to know him in the middle of everything else we're doing to have that feed our soul, that relationship, that sweetness, the lust of our flesh will just evaporate when we're filled with Christ like that. Can you see how the answer to this episode is, oh yes, he cares about this. Yes, he cares about anything that rules and has dominion over us to the point that we're still in bondage. We're his people and we're sitting here in chains thinking that there's no other choice. And he's saying, I've already set you free. Like the the plan is already there. You just, you got to come, you got to learn about it. You got to come closer to me. And learn how to walk in the spirit and learn how to abide in me and learn how to be so filled that these things will finally lose their power over over us. We think when we're giving up food, I'm telling you, I've heard it so many times and I felt it from my own heart. We think when we're giving up chocolate, we're giving up the best friend we've ever had. And we're going to be so miserable and life is going to be so dry and so awful without it because it's been our only coping mechanism. It's been our only bliss. But he is bliss beyond anything one small taste of chocolate can ever give. It just takes the courage to go, you know what? Okay, I want this. I want to know what I'm missing. I want to know what I'm missing. This truly is my life message. Well, one of them, (laughs) I will proclaim it until the day I die. He changed everything for me when he taught me this. And I soon learned that it didn't just apply to the area of food. It was my whole heart, my whole life, but this started the ball rolling and it's continued into where I now have an addiction to him, not chocolate. And it's so much cooler. Oh, I hope this blesses you today. I know this is a hard journey. I know those feelings of hopelessness and powerless, powerlessness. I felt that from my friend that I was coaching where she just got big tears in her eyes and said, I've tried too many times, but it could be that we've tried too many times out of our own willpower, out of our own, you know, efforts, our own plans. We didn't try to walk in the spirit. We didn't try the coming to Christ to calm the lusts of our flesh. Willpower won't ever do it. He is there. And the power he has waiting for us is absolutely beyond our comprehension. If we will just come and ask for it, have a beautiful, beautiful, blessed and wonderful day.